Welcome to the Travel Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Travel Agent Academy. Travel Agent Academy provides you with the most advanced interactive travel agent training available today on products sure to both impress and protect your clients. From popular destinations to top resorts around the world, plus cruises and comprehensive travel insurance. The award-winning content is designed to help you learn and retain information in fun and interactive ways and help you increase bookings by empowering you to sell as a specialist. You'll learn how to acquire a strong grasp of each product's key selling points. You can gain credits, earn rewards, and even learn on the go on your tablet device. Learn more about these free programs at TravelAgentAcademy.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, June 27th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. We've got a great show for you today, talking big news around the world of travel. Had to do a last-minute pivot here for this week's show as I had a guest drop out last minute, but we always have a trusty sidekick here and my good friend Ryan Donchez of VIP Vacations. Thanks for jumping on the show last minute. Welcome back to the Travel Pulse podcast. Hello, Eric. Hello, listeners. It's a pleasure to always be on with you. Thank you, man. So we're going to be talking uh, heavy travel news today and diving into what a wild news week that it was. And we begin with what is trending was the biggest story of the world pretty much last week. It was all about the Ocean Gate Expedition's Mission Titan, which sadly imploded, killing all five people on board. Comments made by those uh, people who experienced the mini-sub earlier in the year actually were pretty chilling. And so, so one of those previous passengers, though, was Arnie Weissman, editor-in-chief of Travel Weekly, sister site of Travel Pulse here, also owned by uh, North Star Travel Group. So Arnie put together a three-part series of articles detailing his experience, and I highly recommend giving them a read if this story ever piqued you at all last week and captivated you like it did most of the world. Uh, he'll also be on Travel Weekly's The Follow podcast to discuss it more, so you can check that out. Uh, later on, but Arnie said that over cigars one night, OceanGate CEO Stockton Rush told him that he got the carbon fiber for the Titan's hull at a big discount because it was part of the uh, it was past its shelf life for use in airplanes, which uh, was puzzling to Arnie. He said, uh, but Rush reassured him that everything was safe there. Uh, Arnie said, "Quote though, I really feel like there were two Stockton Rushes. There was one who was a good team leader and efficient in getting the work done, and there was this cocky, self-assured, others be damned, I'm going to do it my way sort of guy." And that's the one I saw when we were out back of the boat and had our cigars. So weather prevented Arnie from ever making the dive, as he experienced, uh, went out in May this year. Um, Another comment from a previous passenger, Brian Weed, a camera operator for Discovery Channel's Expedition Unknown. He told the media, quote, I 100% knew this was going to happen. From his experience, he said, it was looking more and more like we were not going to be the first guys down to film the Titanic. We're going to be maybe the 10th. Uh, he said of the expedition, and I felt like every time it went down, it's going to get weaker and weaker, and that's like a little bit like playing Russian roulette. So scary stuff there. And then one other person, um, Jake Kohler, who a YouTuber known as Dalmid, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, he posted a video of experience, so you should definitely Google that if you wanted to see more like high-quality visuals of uh, what uh, the ship looked like. Um, that he, his time, he shows his time on board, and, the, and um, the trip was canceled also due to, uh, quote, a series of malfunctions. So this was, this was just, just days before the vessel imploded. Um, and he said that weather prevented him from diving deep. And, quote, if the fog didn't roll in and cancel the dive, who knows? Maybe we would have left that platform and maybe we would have been imploded. I didn't know these people too well, but they treated me very nicely and I lost a few friends. 
end quote. So yes, lives were lost. It's a tragic story. And personally, I, I didn't really love all the memes that occurred from this news last week. You know, some people are pretty heartless out there, right? And um, what did you make of this story last week? Did it captivate you? Oh, for sure. It was everywhere you looked. Um, there were tons of jokes, as you mentioned, which were pretty uncouth. But um, it's it's human nature to want to explore this globe and to push the boundaries. Um, so whenever we do something new, I think it's easy to expect issues would occur. But when you look at these other articles and what other people are coming out and saying, it's um, there might have been some edges that you know were cut and hopefully they take a look at all these things that are coming out whether it's supply run more tests and and don't quit because we need we need to explore this world we need this technology we need to find new places to uh you know to to be human um but what a what a what a tragic story and it's crazy how long it went went along um, where we were able to witness uh, a telling and just guess at what possibly happened for days and days and days. Um, but this adventure tourism that is, is up and coming, um, this is next level, next level adventure tourism. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see what they can, what they can fix, what they've learned. Um, and how they can maybe keep this product uh, for for future travelers because it is something that people will want to do um, and and explore the depths of the ocean or up to space. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exploration is like the the essence of travel. It's what what travel the first travel ever was. You know. So it's it makes sense that people want to push the boundaries and and. You know, this is the extreme travel level of of the adventure tourism side, and we're going to talk more about adventure travel next week and the state of that. Um, as we'll have the CEO of Adventure Travel Trade Association on the podcast next week. You can check that out. But yeah, this stuff—I mean, it was absolutely just captivating and took the world by storm with all this. And well, I mean, what do you think that says about us as a society that we were also captivated by this story? Captivated. We're also very cynical. Um, and it's a weird time to, to be a human and you can, you can just see social media does so much to us. Um, but overall we, we are human and, and humans want to discover. Um, maybe they went too far trying to market this to, to tourists, to consumers, and maybe it should take a step back and just go to science at this point and growing the technology. But, um, after such a catastrophic, uh, catastrophic failure, I don't, I don't want them to to lose business or to close up shop. I want this science to keep growing. But maybe, maybe we take a step back and 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 pull it out of the tourism sector for a minute while we run more tests and figure out what what went wrong with this vessel. Exactly. Yeah, you've, you've got to take a step back and um, you know focus on on safety here with, with all of this and with the titanic tourism aspect of things so to me i think as it says as a society like we we are so obsessed with the rich a little bit oh, yes. right like it's so cap because i mean you have the same week you had the migrants uh in, in the whole situation on the boat captain in greece and like people were barely talking about that but uh you saw some things on social media about it but if you you know went to 
the bar, if you made small talk with anyone last week, like I'm sure it was brought up in a number of corners around the world, honestly. And it's, not, it's also, it's not just a, obsessed with the rich. It's, it's jealous of the rich. Yeah. It's envious. It's, it's all those things. And you know, that's, that's where it turned wrong. Like these were still normal people, you know, they, so it's, it, it, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, you know, do we leave the ocean floor alone? You know, should Titanic tourism cease on that? It's, it's a big question. And, you know, I, I don't see it ever ceasing. It, you know, maybe there's a pause here. And like you said, you know, technology first and uh, see if you can get, get it right down the Focus line. Focus on the yeah. science. Focus yeah, on the yeah. science of it and what, what went wrong with the vessel. But it, it absolutely, absolutely should not cease. A pause, yes. But that's, we, we need to discover this planet. We need to discover ways to get off of this planet and how to exist in other areas, you know, because the, this, this earth is, is, is finite and we have to find means and to, to grow as a, as a race, to go different places and, and explore different realms. And this is, this is one of those keys to exploring what, you know, other life could possibly be in other technologies. So we have to keep trying it, but it's obviously not ready. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, travel's always wish risky, some far greater than others. Uh, I think that's what drives it for some people out there, and, and that'll never change. I mean, adventure travel is growing. Uh, I saw that a record 106,000 tourists are expected to set foot in Antarctica after crossing the Drake Passage, which is, you know, a vicious uh, sea experience from what I've heard and everything. Nepal has also uh, granted this year a record number of permits to climb Mount Everest, despite concerns of overcrowding and a spike in deaths that put 2023 on track to be one of the deadliest for the world's tallest mountain there. So adventure travel, extreme travel, it's, uh, it's around. And then, you know, I don't think there'll be any regulations on, on things, but, uh, as it, you know, pertains to the Titanic here and the search for that and really the obsession of, of that and that's particular, uh, ship and everything. Um, yeah, it, it'll come back and people will try again down the line, but certainly a pause for now and, and focus on the science. I, I agree there. And you know, you just think about the, the first people that made the the passage down to Antarctica that I'm sure those ships didn't all make yeah. it either. And you know, whenever, whenever that occurred, I don't have the history behind me, but, um, the first person of the, the amount of people that tried to get to the top of Everest and, and, and hit that peak, you know, it's, it's, it's what we want as humans. We want to do more. We want to explore. And until someone does it, until we cr- create, you know, the means to, to, to make it so, it, it is dangerous. But it we'll, we'll never stop as humans. We, it, is, it is our goal to do more and to, and to push boundaries. Absolutely. So jumping over to other travel news of the last week, as we dive into a heavy news load of week, um, Time Magazine came out and they unveiled their annual list of 100 most influential companies in the world and it featured some travel related brands there on it intrepid travel spacex disney um aviation aircraft and zero avia so ryan your, your thoughts any other brands in the travel industry you think that are quite influential there were definitely some brands that were left off that i think have you know big names with it one of them being sandals i mean sandals is uh one of the most Googled terms uh, that, that exists. Uh, it's been in TV shows. I want to say it was mentioned in the office, SNL, the spoof. Yeah. So sandals and beaches, you know, that, that, that's a term that, that, that's a pretty powerful one also, but like in the hotel industry, something like Marriott or Wyndham Hilton, any of those, um, those are pretty huge companies as well. But, uh, 
SpaceX was named on the article SpaceX, and it kind of ties into what we were just talking about, yeah. pushing those boundaries, bringing the everyday human, maybe not the everyday human, the everyday human that has somewhere between two hundred fifty and four hundred thousand dollars to spend to go to space for an hour or two. Um, really, really cool stuff, and the next level of, of travel, the next level of adventure. Um, but would, wow, I I couldn't imagine selling that, and I I hope one day it's uh it's something that maybe agents might might be able to tap into, and you think about your commission percentage of what could be you know a, a half a million dollar space flight you know that that they're launching. But again, I please take the time to test that science and yeah. the. The, the ship looks incredible, by the way. It's it's really, really neat. And the, the idea that we could p- possibly be launching something once a month, once every other month, whatever they're going to be doing to bring a couple people up is really, really incredible stuff that, that we're actually seeing it come. And I remember four or five years ago, I think SpaceX was was announced as a possibility. And, you know, time flies. But here we are. They're, they're getting ready. It's It's insane. Right. Yeah. I mean, exploring space has been an obsession for many for for a long time and uh, a dream and a fantasy, you know, and we're, we're getting there. And, you know, there's talks of uh, what's like space hotels and stuff that have uh, come out and, you know, people envisioning that in 2030 or whatever it is. And that just kind of blows my mind as I like you know, try to fathom that right there. But yeah, shout out to Intrepid Travel, too. I know they're doing great things in the environmental and social responsibility spaces. So that was great to see them on there and then yeah the other aircraft ones and you have disney you know disney's a, a mass marketing <laughs> machine yeah. entertainment musicals movies tv shows all the above theme parks so right yeah i mean they're they're not going anywhere they're definitely an influential on that so that was not that was like the least surprising one that was on there but the yeah. the zero emission planes you know for those commercial uh the aviation industry on those two companies that were there you know please yes <laughs> safer ways, uh, more fuel efficient ways, uh, more better ways on our planet Earth here to to fly around because we love travel and, you know, we are at the mercy of the the best way, you know, the easiest way for us to explore the world was uh, via plane. So, yeah, any way we can get that better is, is certainly huge. So speaking of um, uh, so you mentioned sandals, though, and I quickly Googled like Google Trends um, to see what the sandals was. And there's like a noticeable dip. You know, and um, no, not right now, though. Right now, they've they've been they peaked in May on their on the search term of, of sandals of Google. I just thought this was fascinating that they were pretty low. Like their dip is like around Thanksgiving and Christmas, which you, you would think might. I mean, I guess everyone's going there, but you would Plus think they, there they would were be probably some, all traveling all, all planned out. Or, yeah, everything or was set. You would think people would be Googling around it. So I just thought that was interesting that it was um, low there compared to like a massive peak here in uh, May and everything. That's on their Google Trend search this year. But Very cool. um, interesting. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a well-known brand. And you mentioned the the Office one. Yeah, that's a, if you're a fan of that show, you know, you know, I Ryan definitely remember about, Michael yeah. Scott. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sandals Vacation. Uh, yeah. Just maybe, always made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So speaking of influence, though, the World Travel and Tourism Council and the United Nations World Tourism Organization signed a memorandum of understanding to advance public private sector cooperation within the travel and tourism industry. So two powerhouse giants there in the world tourism space coming together. Love to see that, right? Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? Sounds amazing. And the more support we as advisors, the more support that hoteliers can get, uh, can only help. It sounds a lot like what ASTA is trying to push or try to bridge together. I'm a big supporter of ASTA in general. And 
you know, it takes a lot of money to get a rep to, to listen to you. And just for 15 minutes, at least scheduled time to get scheduled time to get a listen. So if we have more, uh, companies or organizations out there that are going to speak on our behalf or, or help, you know, bridge gaps, it can only help. Yeah, I'm all with on that because to me, I mean, the most influential brand in the industry is not on the supplier side. I say it's the travel advisor. It's it's the travel advisor who shapes the mindset of the consumer, who helps that consumer spend their dollars and can go to the you know preferred suppliers on things. So to me, the most influential in the industry is the travel advisor. And travel advisors made their voices heard during ASTA's legislative day last week. So you mentioned you know getting reps and stuff. Ryan, do you think the government does enough for travel advisors? I think that they're trying to, and based off of what ASTA is pushing and, and the fact that they have people listening, it is showing that they, that they are listening to, to what we might need. But, you know, a couple of years ago during COVID when, you know, everything was upside down, I really felt like the support wasn't there from the government, from local governments. Uh, now there was support there for small businesses to help maybe keep a small business owner running, but in the tourism sector, they essentially shut it down without remorse, without care. And they gave us hoops after hoops, after hoops, after hoops to jump through to make a travel sale. But I, I do think it's different. We have, we have new leadership now. And I, I noticed that the Biden administration has requested a new office million worth to help, you know, get a new tourism uh, advisor on his board, on their board, Um, you know, high level leadership and travel, high level leadership on tourism. Um, I hope it can be funded because this this new assistant that labeled the assistant secretary of travel and tourism, it's going to be accountable to Congress. It's going to work across other federal agencies and create and implement some new strategies. So, again, connecting ASTA to the government, to the advisor, it, it's all good. And they are listening. And it sounds like they want to create these positions to help make it so maybe the future doesn't repeat itself. Yes, we definitely do not want that. And, you know, it's important to get a seat at the table so that we're, I love, I love seeing that, that ASTA is pushing for that and advocating and, and getting stuff done. Because the travel advisors are the core of the travel industry. As I said, I think they're the most influential part. So definitely need to support them any which way we can. So jumping over to Air travel news now. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, warned the airlines earlier last, or late last week that uh, flights could be disrupted, saying that uh, if they don't retrofit their planes to accept new 5G technology. Flights, he said, could be disrupted as soon as this week if planes are not ready. American, Southwest, and Frontier Airlines all said that their fleets are retrofitted. Planes do, that do not have the 5G technology will not be allowed to land in bad weather or low visibility. Wireless companies such as Verizon will begin boosting their 5G signals on July 1st, which you know, they've been forced to push a lot of stuff back on the 5G front. Delta Airlines said that about 20% of its fleet did not have the correct uh, stuff for that to utilize the 5G transmissions. Uh, the DOT said it estimates that 80% of airline fleets will be will comply and be ready for 5G. The rest are at the mercy of companies that provide equipment and technology so ryan your thoughts on the the 5g frontier just what we need another hurdle to potentially stall flights uh we're no longer worried about getting enough pilots which is still an issue or enough staff but you know we have to make sure that the plane itself is is outfitted for for the right but uh it's good though because it's it's helping technology to land and communicate between the air and the people down below 
um, supply chain issues, which has been, you know, one of the big stories of the last couple of years is, is stopping some of this from, from occurring or as quickly as they want it to occur. But uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of technology and the, the sooner they can get it, the safer we'll all be and, and the easier it will be for them to keep flying. So hopefully these airlines can keep one by one uh, put, putting this together and I want to be on a safer flight and I want to be able to land if it's raining, get me out of the sky. So let's do what we can. Right. Yeah. Get on this. I mean, this has been, this is not new. It's been, you know, it's been discussed. It's been known. So yeah, let's stop pushing things back. Let's, let's make it happen. Speaking of making things happen on the whole issue of delays and cancellations, when that stuff happens, you want to make sure that you're covered. You want to make sure that you can get rebooked, you know, you have your vouchers and everything. So United come out with a new feature in their app that's going to automatically rebook flights, provide meals and hotel vouchers on that. Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? I love most of it. Okay. Um, being able to rebook, having been rebooked automatically is great. The only the only thing I question is if it's going to give you the best alternative or if it's just going to give one that works because a lot of times when you're rebooked on a changed or canceled flight, there's actually other options out there that are that are you know, available to you, whether it's a different city, different airline, whatever. But I, I just hope it's the best option. Now, putting a voucher on your phone automatically is amazing, though, because you can probably just scan it with the QR code for that that free meal in the airport. Or, you know, you have a, a, a credit for clothing and it's real easy to just scan money or whatever they're going to do. That's awesome. Again, I just hope that the technology is smart enough to always pick the best flight or, you know, as, as best as they can. Yes, technology is key on that. I, I love this as well. This is the way of the future here. And got to hope that the tech works and, and stuff. But yeah, it, that's so convenient. If you just have stuff on your phone, you you have to have the airline app, everyone out there. I mean, if you Everybody. don't, yeah, you, you need that. It always blows my mind. I'm at the airport. And like I see, some people just like the paper ticket yep. on things. But I mean, yeah, I'm some, you know, don't want to hate on anyone on this. But I, I, I do find it surprising that some people like just don't have their airline app at all and i'm like you have a smartphone why 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 so it is on all anytime i book flights for somebody anytime i'm sending a pre-travel in, uh, information email out it's it's something i I'm, you have to have the airlines app and every airline has it from american airlines to major ones down to a spirit and a frontier they have it it's going to make your life easier and and all the information that up to date is at your fingertips and often in times you actually get more information through the app quicker than the gate agents would if there are any changes or, or you know updates coming through so it's so important to have to have the, the airlines app on your on your phone yeah and the communication aspect of it too is helpful and then yeah the push notifications they give you on alerts for for updates is is definitely key so it's a must and yeah anytime i see someone not having or say that they didn't know or anything like that i'm like you clearly don't work with a travel advisor on that. <laughs> Speaking of phones, though, that segues us into the destination news sector of last week. And Finland came out and they announced uh, they're introducing the world's first phone-free island destination here. Their uh, island of Olkotomino. Uh, it's located within the eastern Gulf of Finland National Park. It's going to be the world's first phone-free tourist island. And Ryan, I got to know, could you go without your phone on a vacation? Oh, man. Well, the phone is so much more than just a phone these days. Yeah. I can I can do without the communication aspect, but I love having the camera for, you know, just to, to have things to look back on. I love having my music. All my music is on my phone. 
Um, so, so the okay. quick answer is no. <laughs> I, I could not live without my phone. I could live without uh, being being talked to potentially. But um, how else would I make you jealous when I'm on the beach of Waikiki, you know, and just be like, hey, check check this out, you know? Right. I, I, I got to braggadocio a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Give over to people FOMO. Right. You know. Yeah, so right. that's. I mean, the phones are fantastic at taking pictures these days. So I think that's probably the biggest aspect I would miss about not having it on my uh, on vacation. But I mean. There are other cameras out there. There are other ways to listen to music out there. So, you know, it could be freeing. It could be liberating for some people. Speaking Instead of, of someone, bringing this, this computer that does all those things, I'll bring a giant camera. I'll bring my yeah. old Walkman. Did I? Yeah. Old Walkman. Oh, yeah. Got yeah. Got to have the tiny little headphones, though. Just just a little space over here. Um, yeah, not not the big. <laughs> but uh, speaking of someone who is, doesn't have a phone right now, as my kid broke it on Sunday. So it's supposed to arrive tomorrow. But, um, yeah, it's been a little, you know, liberating a little free of not having social media although i'm also having fomo about that as well but work-wise you know not having the emails on my phone has also been an interesting uh, as it was for for monday and you know i i maybe could uh, if you'd asked me a week ago i probably would have been like a quick no you know but not having <laughs> my phone for the last you know 48 hours here I'm, uh, you've had some practice you know, like maybe it wouldn't be so bad maybe like, but i wouldn't want to lug around you know a bunch of other stuff to, to fill the needs that you know a phone phone could so i guess it depends on like the specific aspect of the vacation so um listeners out there podcast at travelpulse.com is the email reach out let me know could you go without your phone on a vacation so in other destination news we've got a busy travel weekend ahead fourth of july coming up here and it's going to be a record number of americans expected to travel for the holiday period according to data from triple uh, a travel they are ex- expecting 50.7 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more from their home for the 4th of July holiday period. So Ryan, are you one of those? You got any big plans for the 4th? I will be one of those 50 million. Um, little different in terms of this trip. I'm doing a road trip down starting from Pennsylvania. The The final end is, is South Carolina, but there's a lot of stops along the way, weaving in and out, um, different places in Virginia and, and Delaware and whatnot. But I think on the 4th, I'll be in Raleigh. So if there's any listeners at Raleigh, I'll be at the big fireworks show that night and exploring that city for a little bit. Um, yes, I am I am getting out of town for for extended period. I'm using that, that holiday in there and the double weekends back to back to, yeah. to cruise around the East Coast a little bit. Yeah, hey, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. I myself will be going to the lake on Saturday. Very much looking forward to that. So, I'll, yes, over the weekend, I will be going more than 50 miles from my home on that. But I'm uh, still going to do a podcast next week because I love there you guys and, you know, got to drop the, the, the weekly show here and stuff. So <laughs> be on the lookout for that. But I'm sure you've been booking uh, your clients are, are, are traveling certainly further than 50 miles from their home. And you have a lot at this time and it's, it's going to be a busy one. So pack your patience, people out there. Get to the airport early. If you are flying, mm-hmm. get, get, if it's international and you typically do three, do three and a half, give yourself, just, just give yourself the mental break of not having to run through an airport, pack your patience, get there early. Yeah. And I think advisors, you got to just like hammer that into your clients as, as best you can. You know, if they're going somewhere as uh Hey, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of people out, Just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's going to be okay. You, you've got an advisor with you. So um, jumping over to cruise news as we wind down here on the Travel Pulse podcast of so what's been trending in travel. Bahamas cruise tax is coming in 2024. Fees collected for each passenger are expected to jump from $18 to $30 
And the uh, Bahamas tourism minister, Chester Cooper, said that the government is looking to, quote, nearly triple the money that it makes from cruise line passengers. So with an estimated $145 million in forecasted revenue, and it's an increase in the $50 million from the $50 million budgeted for the current fiscal year. So they're they're going big on that. Ryan, what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on this cruise tax and fees coming soon? It's an, it's an interesting number because it's it's not large enough that the everyday consumer will notice it. But when you compile how many people are on a cruise ship getting off the ship in, in the Bahamas, it's a huge uh, growth opportunity for their island. Um, it doesn't bother me if, if they're going to use these funds towards bettering experiences on the island. I know a couple dollars are probably going to go to the environment and environment levy, which a lot of, a lot of destinations do. And Mexico, Dominican Republic have those built in in different places, whether it's at your hotel or, or earlier. Um, I'm a big, I'm big pro environment. So anything we can do to, you know, to, to push that forward is great. Um, if they can take that money and make their Island better, make, make their infrastructure better and, have new offerings that no one will be upset by that. What what will make people upset is if you're going to collect all this extra money and things don't improve, service levels don't improve. There's no new hotels. There's no new activities. Um, the casinos are run down. Whatever it is, if if the money's not going back into the island, people are going to be upset. But if you're going to take that extra money and make your product better, that's awesome. Absolutely, and some people are going to be quick to notice too. On um, and they'll be quick to voice their their thoughts on that as well if things don't you know improve because it is it is a, a pretty big jump there so about five dollars of that is going to be uh, per person is a for a tourism environmental levy like you said and then two dollars of that uh, increase there is for tur- tourism enhancement levy so they've got it you know uh, scripted there if you will that it's going to um, help out tourism so we certainly want to see that. And I'm excited for the Bahamas on that. There's so many different islands there. There's a lot to do. And it sounds like there's going to be a lot more to do. And and hopefully uh, a lot more environmentally friendly way for travel too. And closing out our cruise news here, Royal Caribbean has opened bookings for their new cruise ship Utopia of the Seas. And this massive one is going to be um, a big one for, for the cruise industry here. It's going to be the, like the next world's largest. And I mean, it's uh, going to blow people's minds apparently is what they're going for. Uh, it's going to have 40 different places to dine and drink. So it's going to have the lo- largest and longest dry slide at sea and five pools. So it's got to be a big one, Ryan. I mean, ships just keep getting bigger, love it or hate it. It's a little bittersweet. Um, for any past listeners, uh, they, they probably know I'm a big Disney fan. I'm a big theme park fan in general. So the idea that we now have uh, go-karts and roller coasters and aqua coasters, zip lines, rope courses, carousels on all these all these different cruise lines, all these big cruise ships are just adding tons of entertainment. That's awesome. Um But sometimes when the ship is too big, the service levels fall and I I had a real bad experience on, on, on a cruise myself and others that I've talked to with other different cruise lines. So this is not just a specific company. Big ships tend to have some problems in terms of service and maybe that was post COVID and staff's not ready yet, but as long as they have the staff ready in place, um, where there's a good ratio between workers and travelers, as long as the kitchen has enough support back there to pump out all the food and drinks. So you're not stuck waiting at a table for, and, and losing half a night. Um, then, then it's going to be great. But you, you, 
you walk a fine line when you make these ships too big, you pack a lot of people on, and then you don't support the workers by giving them enough you know, enough people on board to help the everybody that's traveling. So hopefully that's, you know, something Royal Caribbean is thinking about because the offerings that they're bringing and the new technology, the new entertainment, all the pools, you know, that's so cool. Yeah, very well said on that. I mean, the experience, the onboard experience is enhancing every year. You know, it's about 24 is going to be a big year for Royal Caribbean. You got Utopia in the summer, I believe it is. And then in January of 24, they're coming out with Icon. So it's going to be a big one. Those are both going to be massive ships. And yeah, you got to hope that the service is high standards on that because and that they're working really hard on hiring people and training people now because it's going to, like I said, it's going to be a big 24 and they're not the only ones out there coming up with, with new ships. Norwegian's got new stuff. Carnival's got a whole new, you know, class that's coming. So, you know, they keep getting bigger. I, I love it. Honestly, like I think massive ships are awesome, but I mean, you 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 hit the the nail on the head there with with the service aspect of things. And as so. a consumer, there's no, there's no better bang for your buck than a cruise right now. Yeah. Um, you get to see tons of places. You're on a really awesome ship. Um, it's 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 really cost effective when you think about it. So if we can if we can make these service just so much better, then it's it's such a, a such a great way of travel for for the entire planet. I agree. I agree there. So we uh, that wraps up pretty much what was trending in the world of travel podcast at travelpulse.com. You can reach out and let me know your thoughts and on all the news. And um, Ryan, we have like one minute left here. You know, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I didn't have this in the pre-show notes here, but um, it's a little fun one here to end it out in the show. You're going on vacation, but can it only be to a destination that starts with the first letter of your name? Where are you going? Oh, man. So Ryan R. Oh, can I go back to Rome? Sure. Is, yeah, is I, I said destination. I didn't say country. So yeah, yeah the, the first thing that popped into my head was Rwanda. And I was like, I, I, no, I'd, I'd probably not. But you know, it, yeah. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. I mean, yeah, country -wise. what about the letter E? What do we got the letter E for? Well, I've been to Egypt. So uh, ah, that's um, on the list. I'm going to have to go to Ecuador. Uh, yeah, and I think Ecuador. that would be really, uh, yeah, get South America on there. Yeah, get uh, finally get that off the the continent list for me and yeah ecuador would be good city wise i don't i don't know i just ecuador was that's where i had i mean i i, I knew the question here so i was, I was <laughs> yeah but you're gonna be thinking about that uh, as you go uh travel and i get I'll on, be a on plane, the plane so. in a little bit be like ah should have said the yeah so um but podcast at travelpulse.com let me know where you would go based on your first name which destination out there so ryan that's all the time we have working people uh, follow you, reach out to you, anything, any want to plug here, go for it. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Ryan's on the road. That's Ryan with an S, Ryan's on the road. Uh, give me a follow. I'll follow back. I love staying in touch with, with, with anybody in travel, seeing what you're doing and seeing what you love. And you can also see the silly silly places I'm going here and there. Um, if you ever want to connect on email, it's Ryan at vacations, again with an S, Ryan at vacations by VIP.com uh, or Ryan at vacationsbyvip.com. Just send me an email, link up. I'd, I'd love to chat if you have any questions about, about what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, or if you just want to connect, please do. Thanks, man. Always appreciate you coming on board so last minute as I had someone Monday and it fell off. And uh, so I, I appreciate it very much, man. Thank you. As always. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.